0: Welcome to the Skift podcast, weekly conversations on global travel trend lines. I'm Alexandra Petri, and here with me today is Skift news editor, Dennis Shaw. Startups are not just born of a great idea. They need support, much of it in the form of capital backed by investors who provide the means to help an idea flourish. A report published by CB Insights showed 2015 as the greatest year for travel tech funding, with more than $5.2 billion across 348 deals done through mid-December. The question then is how do you continue to grow on top of record? Here to help answer that is Marcelo Balve, Research Director at CB Insights, and Chris Jagadar, Associate at Brand New Matter, which has investments in Rocket Trip and Yatra, and also consults with early stage startups on transforming their businesses. Welcome, Marcelo. Welcome, Krish.
1: Thank you. Hey, how are you?
0: Thanks for joining us today. So let's start by asking the basics. Marcelo, how do you define or identify a travel tech startup?
2: Well, I think uh, it helps to also talk about what we excluded. So we excluded car hailing um, as an area. Um, we we focused on uh, companies focused on travel, tourism, travel, um, software enabled companies in that area. Um, you know, not trying to exclude transportation and focus and focus on travel itself.
0: Um, we mentioned earlier that 2015 was a really great year for travel tech funding. What are some of the trends you notice, Marcelo, in regards to funding in 2015? Where do travel startups stand in comparison to other industries? And to what do you credit some of the changes that made 2015 such a lucrative year?
2: Sure. I think uh, a lot of what we're seeing in travel is common to the space as a whole. So CB Insights is... uh, uh, an, an analytics company, we focus on private markets and venture capital, and we track around two hundred and sixty thousand companies just to give you an idea of our our universe and that 's across industries um, and you know what we saw in two thousand and fifteen was really um, a really, really big year. For uh, funding in private markets uh, and uh, and VC venture capital funding in particular, and and you know if you look at the trend in travel, it was similar to the trend in 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 the overall VC space and the overall VC back company space. You saw um, some breakout companies in travel's case, uh, you know Air, in the Airbnbs. Uh, of the world, taking in huge funding rounds, really pushing the funding numbers up. When you talk about the five billion you mentioned earlier, you know a sizable portion of that is made up of you know these mammoth funding rounds that went to companies like Airbnb and China's Tuzia, which is a you know kind of like an Airbnb lookalike, um, and and the big breakout companies. That was true in VC as a whole. Um, you also see a lot of corporate involvement that perhaps wasn't as pronounced before. So some of the big players in travel startups and investing in travel tech startups were companies like uh, Tencent, uh, for example, in China. Um, You also saw a lot of participants from... um, You know, uh, investor types that usually might have focused on public markets, crossover, and uh, fund uh, private companies, including companies in the in the travel space. So, an example of that is, you know, All Stars Investment, which is a um, a fund out of Hong Kong. They focused on. um, they did a, a really big investment into uh, Tugia, so uh, you you see a, a Tiger Global Management, a big hedge fund, uh, you know, it's a big back row of Decolar, and it is also uh, invested in Hotel Rubano in Brazil. So whether it's you know this glo- this you know big global investment wave uh, driven by you know non VC capital, oftentimes um, and these big mega rounds into these big companies, that's really what's push VC as a whole in 2015 and uh, travel tech startups as a whole.
3: Why the change in corporate involvement? Well, I think that uh,
2: the change in corporate involvement is, you know, I think corporates aren't new uh, to this, uh, but I think that um, corporates are definitely aware that the innovation um, that we're seeing in a lot of companies, uh, as you know, as software eats different industries, to to cite the cliche, um, that they're really, you know, they're really putting a, a lot of attention into their uh, private market investments, into their corporate venture capital arms, um, and uh, you know, basically trying to do whatever they can to make sure they don't miss out on the next wave of innovation. Even companies that once IPO'd, for example, and were once startups, like for example, Home, home Away. Is now as a corporate is investing in a company like Tuzia to make sure that it doesn't get either left out of another market, or uh, you know doesn't miss out on the next you know the next big uh, innovation.
0: So Chris, you were nodding your head along as as Marcelo was was chatting. Um, What are your thoughts on corporate involvement and what's what's driving this change?
1: Uh, You know it's really interesting because you know as Marcelo's and CB Insights is is tracking um, you know where all these investments are coming from in this space, there's just so many different kinds of players that are involved. Uh, and that could be kind of from the hedge fund, hedge fund side or, you know, this kind of conventional venture capital. But then you also have um, strategics. And uh, I think that's something from Brand New Matter. Um, we find especially interesting because the growth through corporate development, especially in a market as mature as travel and hospitality, uh, it just makes a lot of sense for uh, some of these kind of... Um, and quote-unquote older guys to uh, kind of find uh, kind of new inroads into these technologies as they're emerging.
3: Is part of the reason that uh, valuations are so high and um, it's more practical to invest than to just go out and buy?
1: Well, I mean, in terms of valuations and the whole kind of build versus buy kind of component, I think you're definitely onto something there. I mean, it is a lot easier, especially for, I, I think, you know growth or corporate development to to buy firms than it is to build these technologies in-house. Uh, you already have so much you need to kind of maintain. There's a lot of technical debt you have to deal with in terms of kind of um, kind of infrastructure and architecture. Uh, so I, I definitely can see that being kind of a reason why you'll see um, kind of more bloated valuations.
3: I remember HomeAway in particular was a company that had a string of uh, acquisitions. And then over the last year they said, well, we pulled back because the valuations were just outrageous you know
1: it's interesting because you'll see and again this is i think this is a a kind of this is industry agnostic but what happens is you'll see various companies again you know using cb insights uh, uh, alone or you know any 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 kind of um platform out there that's reporting these types of valuations and investments you'll see um how they use those as almost benchmarks, and you know, okay, cool. If you know, home, you know, HomeAway, HomeAway acquired this company for X million, that means we could probably get something similar or you know, comparables, and just like that, you kind of just see kind of the snowball effect taking place.
0: One of our rep- uh, one of our reporters recently spoke with some industry experts, um, a couple of whom mentioned that there's a lack of ambition in travel startups. Most are trying to do the same thing by launching trip planning apps, for example, um, which are more than likely to fail. Are there any startups you're noticing doing anything innovative and different?
2: Yeah, I think that's a a good, I mean, I think that's a fair point. I think that, uh, you know, as someone looking at this space uh, from kind of like a 40,000 foot level, it seems like there's a lot of booking platforms, uh, a lot of variations on the booking platform. And you know, even even if they specialize a bit, it's still you know it is it is what it is. Uh, it's an online portal, um, and uh, a lot of the companies do look alike. I will say though that uh, I think there's there's some companies. Um, you know, one of the acronyms we coined recently is uh, real actual businesses building interesting tech rabbits. Uh, And uh, as opposed to unicorns, we're trying to get away from the unicorn thing this year. Um, There's the big change from unicorns to rabbits. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, At least rabbits are real, right? So um, I think I think that um, there's there there are companies there are some companies doing interesting things. One of the uh, one of the kind of categories we always look at when there's an area that uh, maybe is a little bit more mature is kind of what you might call like pick and shovel. businesses or you know plumbing businesses these are kind of like more like infrastructure uh, kind of businesses and often they're on the b2b side I think some companies are that are um, interesting that kind of cross my radar, and when we were looking at travel tech, for example, there's a company called Rocket Trip. Uh, this is a travel expense management uh, platform that is that's for businesses. Um, I think that's a very interesting way to to look at travel. Um, you know, that's a software as as a service business model. Um, I think that's uh, that's pretty interesting. Uh, there's um, you know different areas of travel that I think haven't been aggregated as well as others. Um, you know I saw um, some um, discussion of you know for example the passenger uh, train business not being as well aggregated, in a company called Silver Rail that was um, aggregating uh, demand in that space and providing sort of the plumbing to uh, to travel travel agents, travel providers to 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 offer that. Um, <clears throat> You know, so these kinds of companies that kind of are really like more behind the scenes, less sexy, uh, kind of companies, I think, um, are, are still attractive. Could be still attractive plays.
3: A lot of the startups are pivoting from consumer to B two B. They fail a consumer. They, they realize, wow, this is really tough to get noticed above the noise, and then they pivot to B two B. Yeah, I mean,
2: I mean, that makes sense. I don't think it's necessarily unique to travel.
3: Chris, have, have you noticed? Um, there are a lot of startups now, uh, dozens that are taking advantage of messaging apps, and they're also trying to get travel agents involved in the trip planning process. Um, is there a need for that? Where do you think this is heading?
1: Uh, you know, it's it's really interesting. I, I definitely think that messaging is a um, definitely kind of like a hot topic or a trend in the travel industry right now. Uh, you're seeing a lot of people doing it, from Mezzi to Hyper um, Fetch, RSRV Assist. Um, and I think that there's definitely a component in the sense that they're trying to make travel and travel planning a lot easier, a lot more friendly um, because you look at an OTA and, you know, you, you, you search, I'm, you know, trying to go to San Francisco, I'm trying to go to Los Angeles and you're hit with a bunch of, you know, just kind of hit with like information overload. Here's so many options. I don't know which one's the right one. Um, you know, it's confusing for me. Um, but, you know, what if you could speak to someone, uh, you know, a live person on the other side saying, hey, here are three really good options for you. Um, do I think it's scalable? Uh, that's that's definitely going to be an issue um, over time, especially if you do get scale. Um, but you know, when you have the whole idea of kind of bots and, and things like that, which are you kind of seeing this a lot in the news as well, uh, where you know you're talking about smart AI and um, the ability for people to essentially communicate through Messenger um, to make quick uh, reservations, but in a, a easy way.
3: I guess we'll have to wait and see if there's really that uh, crying need for that kind of stuff out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's going it's to be interesting to see.
0: What are some other areas you mentioned? Messaging is a hot topic. What are some other areas of untapped potential or that you know are hot topics in in the travel sector?
1: You know, for for me, something I find really interesting, and, and I kind of wanted wanted to take it off. Kind of, uh, Marcelo when he was talking about Rocket Trip. I think, uh, one of the biggest issues that we see kind of in, in hospitality or, you know, kind of travel technology is, uh, kind of utilization. And again, like, like, uh, Dennis had had mentioned, kind of everyone's kind of moving away from B2C and kind of exploring this B2B market. But the interesting kind of issue with B2B technologies, especially in the space is this whole idea of kind of utilization problem, like this utilization problem, which is, you can build a great technology for uh, you know a hotel property or, or uh, an enterprise like rocket trip uh, but getting the employees to actually use the technology is a whole other story if it's too you know if it's too difficult to use or it kind of makes their their job harder in, you know in, in a way that they're trying to save money in, in the long run it's most likely not going to be used and for me that's actually why I found uh, there's this this company actually based here in New York it's called Voyat. Uh, and I found it to be very interesting for a couple of reasons. One is because it actually is helping hotel properties um, increase their 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 sales from their own website, which is, I think a, a really big a really kind of big move in the sense that you know they're saving that twenty four percent from the OTAs. And they're also making the the experience for the for the for the consumer a lot easier. And at the same time, that whole idea of utilization, doesn't exist because it's again it's a turnkey type solution. So I find that to be pretty interesting.
3: One of the things we hear from both um, travel startups and VCs is the time it takes to go out there and and find funding, and it you know diverts from the mission of running the business. And from VCs, it must be a tremendously arduous process to find a decent. Uh, travel startup to invest in. So how can we make this easier or are there ways to, to, to uh, facilitate this to make it easier?
1: I think what, again, I think what VC sees is, is that there's, a, again, a couple major, er, major issues kind of with hospitality technology, travel technology. And again, one is that utilization issue. Um, two, there's a, there's a whole, the sales cycle in, in selling technology to either these large, large enterprises or to hotels you know, that have a lot of kind of people at the table that need to make decisions, uh, things can take a long time. Um, also, at the same time, when you're talking about technology in the operational level, um, ROI is, is, is hard to quantify. Uh, and I think that's why, again, you can, you can probably comment on this better than I can, but uh, that's why you kind of, I think when you see the kind of breakdown of funding in the travel and hospitality area... Um, you'll see a lot of it kind of going more towards the kind of the booking areas and and where the model is exp- like explicitly tied to revenue.
2: yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's absolutely true that I mean, despite us here talking about um, you know that um, there's some other areas that might be interesting. Um, the booking category, I mean, if you look at the numbers, the most well-funded companies um, in in travel tech and startups are, you know Airbnb, uh, LY in China, Tugia, Decolar, Mamando. Um, although that's majority owned by private equity firm now, and uh, Hotel Rubano in Brazil. Those are all you know basically operate on the the model that 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 we've been talking about. That is you know is not not innovative. So you know the the. There might be a lot of activity and, 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 you know, investors seeking other other plays, but the big dollars are still flowing um, to, to these kinds of sites.
3: Interesting. For either of you, um, when it comes to a startup looking for funding, should they shop for a particular VC firm or should they shop for a partner in that firm?
2: I mean, I... I um <clears throat> this is this is very anecdotal um you know this is not the kind of data that uh you know you could say uh in terms of you know we're we're not really in the business giving advice to startups based uh unless there's data we think we can we can help uh, uh, that that might be helpful to them that they might come across in our research but uh um, it, it seems to me that save for some early stage firms that have a definite sort of uh travel expertise. Um you are not going to find you're you're not you know uh, past that stage you 're not going to go to a firm based on some uh a, a, to a firm based on some track record in, in travel I think you would go to an individual if you 're shopping past the early stage i don't know what uh
1: you know i 'm thinking about it and again a- anecdotally speaking as well i from my experience i've seen, from what i can tell so far it still seems like venture capital investment in the kind of travel and hospitality space, space is still a little bit more polarized, where it's not so much like kind of B 2 C social, where kind of everyone kind of take a stab at it and throw throw some you know kind of money at promising traction. Um, I still I think that there are firms out there that like have taken those bets in travel and hospitality, and they might be good good people to go to speak to because there are firms, again at least in my experience, that just kind of aren't ready to kind of explore the space yet.
0: And. Chris, can you speak of any or think of any early stage startups that are interesting to watch in the coming year?
3: In the coming year? That's tough. You, you don't want to give away any secrets.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think again. It's funny because uh, traction is a funny thing, and some companies are early stage. And again, at Brandy Matter, we work with a lot of kind of early stage and, and lower middle market companies. So some of them are kind of not the ones that, are, you know, really kind of even cropping up into CB Insights. Um, kind of per view. Uh, but it, it's interesting because there are a couple of companies that have kind of started to crop up, especially kind of towards the end of 2015, which are kind of been birthed of, uh, of kind of the existence of the Airbnbs out there, which are uh, kind of creating an alternative to Airbnb, where you look at these hotels that are now losing customers going to go Airbnbs when they travel. Uh, but, you know, what if there was a way where, um, Guests could travel to a hotel and split a room with a stranger. Uh, so it's almost like couch surfing meets Airbnb. Interesting. And there are actually a couple of companies out there doing it. Uh, I'm not engaged with, we're not engaged Scalable? with them. Scalable? To, to be determined. But again, you know, you, you look at you look at the, uh, the potential kind of use cases and you're talking about like South by Southwest. Try getting a hotel room there. Or, you know, during, uh, you know, Comic Con in San Francisco or New York City, um, you know, there's kind of, all these different types of events that are bringing people together, hotel rooms are you know, through the roof, can't find any good Airbnbs anywhere close. This is a new type of alternative that's uh, kind of coming to market. So I'm excited to see what happens with these types of companies.
3: Interesting. Marcelo, do you see, um, I don't know if you're in the crystal ball business, but do you see the kind, kind of trends that you identified, funding trends in 2015, how do you see them playing out uh, this year? Do you see them moving along the same lines or do you see anything new happening?
2: Well, I think that uh, you know what we saw in the fourth quarter uh, specifically, um, and we just completed our our analysis of sort of the year in, in venture capital and and private market investing. And what we saw in the fourth quarter was a pullback, um, kind of like the fourth quarter just kind of threw a you know big bucket of cold water on uh, on what was, had been a pretty exuberant year. And uh, because of know,
3: stock market
0: trends.
2: <clears throat> well, I think there was sentiment um, sort of you know driving that. Um, you know, I think you'll remember that. There was some, um, you know, asset managers that held a lot of stock in prominent, um, you know, unicorn tech companies, and they marked those holdings down. Um, and, you know, there was already anecdotally, um, you know, talk of, you know, basically. Um, you know some some talk of chatter about you know big uh, startups that had sort of gotten ahead of themselves, um, and we've recently seen some down rounds, which you know basically just means that the valuations of big companies like Jawbone uh, had been uh, marked down. Um, respective to you know what they, what they had been at earlier, and that had sort of you know not been in the in the in, in under consideration during the the happier time uh, during two thousand and fifteen so uh, you know I think that drove some of the the pullback and like as you mentioned earlier, valuations feeling very high um, and I think that uh, you know travel uh, these numbers that I mentioned earlier like I said, they were very dependent on big rounds. Um, you know, mega rounds above 100 million dollars in size, and that um, you know there was a retreat in that as well at the end of the year in the fourth quarter, and so I, I think we'll see the same thing in travel. Um, we, it's it's too early to tell whether there'll be a bounce back in in the first quarter, but it's hard to see. Uh, things going back to the way they were in the second quarter, third quarter of 2015. Um, the, you know, the second quarter of 2015 was actually the peak for travel. There was just $2 billion invested in just that quarter alone. So.
0: Yeah, I, I think I read that in your report um, that we published at Skift, and I also read about the fourth quarter across you know in not just travel, but in general in terms of um, startup and funding was just a really bad bedtime period. But another thing I read as well, it was on CNBC, um, you know, the the pullback in the fourth quarter, it, they described as some, you know, industry analysts and things described as uh, hunger games for venture capitalists, which I found really interesting and that they're kind of starving some beginning and early stage startups to feed into more mature and established ones. I don't know what you're...
2: Um. I think we did see that in the data. We did see more money being piled on to these later, bigger rounds into more established uh, startups. Uh, and it's hard to say sort of where that money is coming from because a lot of the investors that are piling on to these startups are not typically the investors that would invest at the early stage. Um, so you know these are the like I, as I mentioned earlier, the fidelities of the world, the tiger globals of the world, the corporates of the world who you know aren't necessarily looking for you know the crazy 10x 100x return that that VCS look for.
3: Chris, um, for early stage travel startups, are incubators still the thing? Is anything changing in that realm?
1: Uh, you know, that's a good question. When it comes to you know early stage startups and, and incubators, I think that they're, they're helpful, um, myself, and this is again, my anecdotal opinion, but uh, I find that, that incubators can be kind of, you know, almost kind of, they're almost like set like classes and, and, you know, you think about it, you have 20 people in a classroom and you're kind of feeding them all the same type of information. Yes. I think it's great to have a curriculum and, and, and follow such a thing. Uh, But, you know, not every startup or, you know, student is the same in that sense. Um, I don't think people learn the same way. Uh, I think that there's a lot of great opportunities out there now. You know, there's a lot of different types of kind of post incubator models uh, that are starting to crop up where there's definitely a lot more kind of focus on individual companies based off their merit or, let's say, advisor interest in such a firm. Um, so yes, I think yeah, it's, it's a it's a great opportunity, a great way to learn, a great way to kind of make sure that your fundamentals are set, um, the way that you're attacking um, your potential problem, and you know validating and all those types of things are are um, you know done properly. But I think that there are also a lot of great opportunities out there outside of the incubator world.
3: Why aren't we seeing any many? major travel startup exits, successful exits. We see so many soft landings. Is this specific to the travel industry or, you know, we've had TripAdvisor and now we have Airbnb hasn't made an exit, but why aren't we seeing these major success stories in travel?
1: You know, hopefully it's, it's just a little, I think it's early. Um, You know, I think that there's definitely been a little bit of a renaissance in the travel and technology world over the last five, six, seven years. Um, and those, you know, that's, you know, kind of, now you're looking at the, the guys that are a little bit larger. Um, but you know, you still see a lot of the incumbents in the travel and technology world are using kind of old technology or when I and I use that word lightly, but the idea is that, you know, these incumbents are just kind of, you know, kind of, so kind of dug into the industry that it's, it's hard to kind of move them out. Um. So I can see that's that 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 can, I can see that causing some grief, um, you know, for these new guys who are trying to kind of bring, um, you know, a better customer experience or you know, improved efficiency through the use of cutting-edge technologies. Um, I can see that causing some trouble, and as they as they kind of grow.
2: I, I think also uh, it's just it is easier to stay private longer. I mean, and that that's not unique to travel, but it. You know, unless things you know, the the tide turns very dramatically. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of forces making it easier for for uh, private companies and and VC funded companies to stay private longer. Um, The funding is out there. There's more investor types uh, participating in the ecosystem. The costs are not as onerous as they would be. Um, I mean, the costs uh, even in the last few years. um, You know, there's a lot of data out there showing how you know just you know the basic costs of of having your technology up and running have have plummeted even if there's other factors that might push costs for a startup uh you know i think all that contributes a bit
0: so what's what's next for travel startups in you know 2016 and beyond
2: i'm interested to see uh you know we also we also follow you know we don't just follow the unicorns we also follow as i mentioned earlier you know when when things don't go wrong don't go well we follow that as well and um You know, there's like uh, looking through these companies, there's a few that are, um, you know, fairly identical. You mentioned, uh, you know, startups to watch this year. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, There were, uh, you know, to mention too, there's this website, there's a service called uh, Peak, um, and there's another one called, um, let me know if I don't get the name right, uh, Zwerve or Zerv? Zerv. Zerv. Uh, I mean, if you go to these websites, it's, um, you know, fairly obvious they're doing an identical thing. They're aggregating local activities, you know, events, uh, whatever, something, you know, it's the kind of problem they're trying to solve is you arrived a city, you're not sure what to do there. They want to just be the one-stop shop where you go to figure out what to do and, and book an activity or whatnot.
3: Although, in all fairness, Peak also does the B2B side of it. You know so they've branched out for that and Zerve does not uh, I'm not sure okay so,
2: <laughs> so so yeah, so I mean you know the both those companies have pretty prominent uh investors they have brand name investors and and you know big name investors and angels and whatnot so you know when two companies like that go head to head, it's always interesting to watch um you know, I doubt there's room for 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 two of them um and a lot of you know a lot of the spaces we watch are like that right
0: chris what are your
2: yeah
1: no that's that's I, I definitely agree with uh with Marcelo. i think that there's definitely going to be a lot more kind of emergence of companies kind of in the b2b space even the kind of the b2b to c space where companies are engaging with you know hotel properties or, or and the like to kind of provide a better experience to the hotel guest uh loyalty for example is a you know a big thing that you know i see seen skipped th- oftentimes uh so I'm sure that there's there's plenty of people out there that are looking to kind of find ways to provide value in, in that in that realm.
3: The same thing is really going on in the um, in the hospitality space in terms of companies that are startups that are building off of Airbnb and 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 HomeAway and are providing uh, you know vacation rental management services, everything from marketing to taking out the garbage. I mean, there's 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 so many of them, you know it seems in travel is such a, a pack mentality, you know, um, I don't see it changing anytime soon.
1: Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's interesting to see kind of how, and, uh, I can speak to this, uh, you know, from a personal standpoint, but, um, I think one of the companies you were, uh, referring to, I mean, like even Handys, you know, so to speak is, you know, s- supposedly kind of came from kind of the emergence of Airbnb and there are these, uh, kind of uh, host support, like, uh, and when I say host, I mean Airbnb host, um, kind of support technology companies that are kind of coming out where they're actually trying to um, make the life of the host easier uh, in a variety of fashion. So that's like, you know, providing, you know, tools or again, cleaning services, sheet changing, check-ins, um, toothbrushes, uh, you know, for, for guests, things like that. So anything that allows the the host to kind of be a host easier. So that's interesting to see that all these kind of companies kind of emerge from that.
0: All right. Well, thank you, Marcelo, for joining us. And thank you, Chris, as well, for coming down to Skiff's office and joining us for today's podcast.
1: Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me.